This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Rumya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Look at this. It's a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. You know what that means for you. Friday means we get to settle on back. It means Rumya and I, along with you, Welcome in the weekend by swinging open the gateway to your weekend. Rum, good day to you. Good day to you, Kels. Happy Friday. Thank you very much. Happy first Friday show of the year. Yes, I guess so. And I want to talk about streaming services. Kind of touched on this the other day on the program. As we hear yesterday, Rogers is tweaking up uh, its costs and stuff like that. So they're passing that on to subscribers. And then last night, cable service and everything went out for a short time. Right? So we always like that as a reminder. It's like, well, what am I paying for? Well, what else you're paying for as streaming services, more of them, jump on the bandwagon uh-huh. to run commercials, Rumya. Amazon, the latest to announce they're going to be running commercials. Your thoughts, your feelings on this? Yeah, I mean, Amazon, first of all, I just want to say they do not have enough content for me to even continue necessarily subscribing for Prime Video. Uh, I'm not a Prime member, full disclosure. And the the frustrating part I find about Amazon is, and Dave Brown, he gave us his thoughts on this yesterday, which um, I thought his point was interesting, which is you pay for Amazon Prime, and so he feels like Amazon Prime Video, so not the deliveries, not all the other perks you get with Amazon Prime, but video is more of a bonus for him, right? So he's like, I'm not really complaining uh, for a video service that I continue to think is a bonus, but I personally find that there's not enough content with audio description, number one. And number two, you're getting, you have to pay extra for all these channels on Amazon. Amazon channels um, are like their own separate um, sub-streaming services, if you will, where they're expecting you to pay. I can't remember the names of all the, the channels, but Star, I think, is one of them, Star TV. And so if you want to, you know, rent a movie or rent a TV show, then they're like, okay, pay for this thing separately. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So now on top of that, you want me to pay for ads? I doubt it. <laughs> so... This is the way I look at it. And we've talked mm. about the full circle. Uh, I even remember having a chat with David Arrington at our Christmas function about this. But the fact is, we get all these services that originally were putting shows on that were already made. Then they got into the business of making their own content. Hey, yay, employing people. But then that is going to cost more. They spent billions doing this stuff. Now comes time to make the pay. So let's have advertisements. But you Mm. can have a service where you don't pay for advertisement. It's another tier to the service. Great. But then you start saying, hold on, you got all these people leaving cable because they want to watch stuff without commercials. Some people probably don't mind. You have it on YouTube and everything. Why, when all of a sudden all we're doing now is playing into the cable subscri- the cable uh, company's hands because eventually they're going to say, here's what we'll do for you. We uh-huh. will give you three services, streaming services, when you take our cable service for this amount as a package. Pick yeah. the three you want. That's where we're cycling, in my opinion, back to because it'll become more worthwhile where you will choose, I'll take the commercials or I won't. Like if the, the cable companies are smart, they'll just let you run through the commercial ones, give you a little extra, pay a little extra for three of the services, make it yeah. worth your while. 
and away you go. Make it even cheaper than it would be if you were on your own paying for the service with commercials. Yeah, you, so can't, I, through, I, you can't skip through anything nowadays anyway. Ads <laughs> on YouTube if you're not paying for premium ads on CBC Gems. So, uh, of course, going back to cable doesn't even feel like that big of a leap or jump backwards. No. And, and you're seeing it everywhere now. You know, Disney Plus, if you're uh, signing up for Rogers or whatever, right? Like all these kinds yeah. of offerings. Well, and I know on, on some of the cable services, at least then you could go and record some things. Now, not streaming, of course, Fair. but you could record and watch yeah. later on. At least it makes it worthwhile for it a lot of It still feels like on demand. It feels yeah. like cable's catching up to yeah. the on demand side of things, right? Finding its way for that to work. Okay, we're going to be able to get into a few things we wanted to in this segment, but I really wanted to raise this as a topic, too, because I'm not one who will pay for the commercials, but I also <laughs> won't go out and get most of the services either. Um, but I do like it. Uh, coming up on today's program, ladies and gentlemen, Microsoft Copilot is now available uh, for free. It's for free for iPhone and iPad users. What is this? I'm probably even saying the name wrong. And how do you use this cool feature? John Beeler will let us know on our app update shortly. I think it's that co-pilot thing again, Kels. Also, You're right. That's what it is. Totally. <laughs> right, That's Deja what it is. Uh, it also, is co-pilot. We're talking about the Professional Women's Hockey League because they set a record in their first week of inception. And Brock Richardson is, of course, going to highlight it on our Friday uh, sports update. So funny how that happens. I know. Anyway. Uh, the internet launched its first AI-generated bookstore, that is, in uh, December of 2023. Ryan Huey will share his thoughts during the chatty bookshelf shortly. It's funny, I was hearing so much about Copilot this morning, and you think I wouldn't make the conclusion when I hear it in my ear? <laughs> um, I'm going to skip your book note today uh, right. and go to our, our CP clip. We'll, no we'll tell you about our book uh, on Monday, ladies and gentlemen. A 13-year-old... Oklahoma boy has beaten the video game Tetris, becoming the first to crash the program for the win, folks. His name is Willis Gibson. His handle is Blue Scooty, and he's the first player to officially beat the Nintendo version of Tetris. The videos posted of him glued to the screen December 21st, playing the cascading block game and reaching level 156. Please crash. And then 157, triggering a kill screen. That's a victory over software and Willis reacts. <gasps> oh my God. Oh. He's kind of hyperventilating and then. I can't feel my fingers. With that buzzing noise of a frozen screen emphasizing his Tetris prowess. I'm Jackie Quinn. He can't feel his fingers. I know. That's the only reason I wanted <laughs> to play this. I'm was you. epic. <laughs> what? What uh. do you do when you walk in, find someone doing this over a game, and you just, I mean, unless you're really into the gaming world, obviously the rest of the us who aren't necessarily, or even if we are and never achieve something like this, you're going to, well, what, what are you doing? You're just playing a game. Why are you so, kid, somebody call paramedics. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, obviously, I think it's warranted, right? Because the first thing that I always oh, think of sure is, is this reaction warranted? Because there's so many reactions <laughs> on social these days. But this one's totally warranted. How old did we say he was? 13. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really amazing. Unfiltered and reaction guess, for sure. And guess what? He may be playing Tetris, which was my mother's, my late mother's favorite, one of her favorite video games from oh, the yeah. day. Um, really big time. And I bet you he knows how to say co-pilot. <laughs> anyway, coming up, folks, on the program, producer Jeff Ryman is here for a fun Friday quiz. He'll join us next right here on Kelly and Ramya on your Friday.
Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. streaming services would you pay just to watch your repeats of friends and call up shows like yes. that uh prince and uh, fresh prince like all those things would you want a service because isn't that originally really what you kind of envisioned oh, can you imagine netflix if i could curate my own streaming services of just the nostalgic shows that i want on there yeah mm -hmm. i would i would pay not a whole lot but i'd pay an amount wasn't that originally kind of the idea with movies of course that that some of the streaming services were supposed to be bringing that i know youtube has really grabbed onto that and you can see so many things especially if you like old stuff yeah. or older youtube's stuff. the closest it, to there. that thing because there's you know yeah. clips of pretty much every show out there or even full series right Sometimes. until somebody says hey get that off of there depending on exactly exactly <laughs> yeah all right, even though it's a day with a quiz, and even though Jeff Ryman Yay. is back here for a third day, let's not do to Jeff what you've done already twice this week to him. And no, ate up not on a quiz day. Time. No, never. Let's bring him on. What's up, Rhymes? We can't be eating all the time here, Kels. Um, no. Mm -mm. I know how much you love quizzes, so we had to sneak one in here on a Friday. Yep, it's the best. Oh, it's I just said over the break that we are starting the new year on an amazing note. We are. What, what, what waste, wasting people's time? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Unreal. No. What's guys, up, Ryan? You know what? what kind of quiz? This is a little bit different. I, I know in our pre-show, oh. I told you one thing. I'm going to pull an audible here, and because I'm one of the producers, I get to do that. So, haha. Um, but uh, <laughs> so it, there, to me, there sort of has been a bit of a theme to the week, um, and you'll probably see it as hmm. we progress through the show as well. Um, and I know yesterday when I came on, we talked about world records. So that's sort of where we're going here. And oh. I know we had a great conversation about it. So I looked up um, some Guinness world records um, and CBC helps me with this. Uh, they actually had a quiz. You can find it on their website under their kids section, I believe. Uh, but it was really fascinating and it has to do with world records. So it's true or false. So there's no multiple choice options for you guys. It's just a simple true or false. I've got 10 questions. Um, and some of these are, you know, all over the place. Um, so, Kels, I'm going to start with you because I know how much you love these quizzes. Again, just you're just going to get one point if you get it right. Um, and then we'll move on to the next question. So, Kels, are you ready for question number one? Sure. True or false, there's a world record for the world's strangest diet. Mm, a world record <laughs> for the world's strangest I'm going to say true. That's way too vague. But that's why. It, it is a little bit vague, but it is true. It's so silly. Um, yeah, it's silly it because why would that ever be in the book? Like you, like sort of like yeah. our underwear guy the so, other day, right? Why would that here, be there? There's a bit of an explanation. So his name is Michael Latito, and he lives in France. And since the age of nine... Nine. I don't know what parent is letting him eat this, but he's eaten metal, he's eaten glass, he's eaten rubber. So basically anything that humans should not eat, especially wow. at nine years old, he has eaten. Man. Um, it took him... Putting him into uh, some kind of thrill show. Watch this kid, folks. He's, get, eating, he's a glass this. eater. Yeah, this honestly belongs on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Um, but it took him two years to eat an entire airplane. Like... 
Huh? An airplane. <laughs> oh I didn't my. even know that was possible. God. Um, so he's eaten 18 bicycles, 15 shopping carts, six chandeliers, oh. two beds, a pair of skis, was... a computer, what and a coffin. What? what? A coffin? So to answer your question, he didn't have to Rob, dig it up himself. It's a little, it, I know it's a little obscure. It was a very vague question, but I think yeah. this is, um, you know, worthy of the world's strangest diet. I don't know how, like, do you blend that up? Uh, I don't know how you eat an airplane. I don't know how you eat metal. I wonder if he uh, appears you know elsewhere. Like, like, this, I wonder if he appears elsewhere in the book. This is not. Wow. Well, I wonder if he appears so, doing other things, like the first person to eat a airplane. The first, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he could be all over the book. He could be. Um, <laughs> but I guess they've sort of bunched everything together, and I think rightfully so. I'm definitely not going to contest that. He's rightfully so. Um the world record holder for the strangest diet in my book. So I am not going to attempt that. So Kels, you're on okay. the board with one point after that. Right. Question number two, Rum. Mm. True or false? There's a world record for eating a McDonald's burger every day for 50 years. Ew. But yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> it is true. Mm -mm. Uh, is it really? Yeah, oh my of course God, it is. Are you kidding me? I, 50 I'm sure years? Okay, I can understand 30 super maybe. Supersize me? Supersize me yeah, probably influenced a whole first. generation well, not, or not for 50 cult. years. That movie's not that old. No, but, but like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you're right. But 50 years. But cult years, of people like, who are like, now? this is okay. Let's do this. Gross. Every day. But, even Jeff would get sick of that. No, what kind of I, burger, though, did they specify? Uh, oh, Big Mac. Good question. It's a Big oh, Mac. Okay. I believe he's in Super Size Me, or at least he's in some documentaries. Um, his name's Donald Gorsk. He lives in the United States. He's eaten a Big Mac every day for 50 years straight. That's unreal. He's his first bite in 1972 and has been coming back every day ever since. As of August 2021, so this is a little bit dated, he's eaten 32,340 burgers. Um that is pretty impressive. Um, and if it's the same guy know. that I'm thinking of who I've seen in documentaries across Netflix or anywhere, um, I think sometimes he'll go in, and if he can't make it in the next day or the next day, he'll just order a couple he'll of get Big a couple? Macs to go. Yeah, take them home. Them I bet he does that day. once a week, right? Like, sure, he's Probably. not going to come every day. He just does yeah. it. I, unless but, he still tries to prove that he's doing it every day. And, and again, yeah, you can through all the technology. I'm do sure that. people... I'm sure people, especially with TikTok and social yeah. media nowadays, like it's almost like he's almost a tourist attraction. You find out where uh, the, the McDonald's he goes to and you might see what him popping in there today? for lunch or dinner. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I I don't think I could do that for 50 years straight. Uh -uh. 32. I love no. burgers, but uh, 32,000. I thought that was a trick one. I thought that was just a stretch for maybe 40 years, but wow. No way. Okay. Oh, Someone out there is eating McDonald's burger every single day. Their entire Somebody's life. out there saying, hey, man, I've done, eaten them for 60 years. So I'm going to get it right. That's right. Yeah. All right, Kels, back to you. Question number three, true or false? There's a world record for being the oldest gamer in the world. So video games. Mm, I think that's true. It is true. Um, really? Hamako, wow. yeah. Hamako Mori of Japan started gaming when she was 51 years old. She's now over 90 years old. And has a decent YouTube following, actually, almost 200,000 yeah. subscribers. Uh, she's known as the Gamer Grandma. Uh, that's her YouTube channel. And she loves playing her PlayStation 4. And her go-to game is Grand Theft Auto. So 
you know, that's pretty impressive. The gamer grandma loves They ought to work her into the game and give her a part, like make a character or something, let her voice it. That would Even be just cool. being like like a non-playable character that just walks yes. down the street or something that says hello yeah. to you the other time, I think that'd be kind of fun. Wait, watch um, yourself. They're out to get you. Just something. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so next one, Rum. True or false, The there's a world record for the quietest clap. Yes, I think so. It's false. What? Really? <gasps> there is not... But there's so many record. clapping records. There is. So get this. Maybe that's um, why that one's there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's her. It, it was to fool you. Um, but there's also a world record for the world's loudest clap. Um, a gentleman in New Zealand had his clap measured at 113 decibels. Um, <laughs> and to put a little bit of context in that, 50 decibels is the sound of a washing machine, and 140 are fireworks. So okay, he, yeah. He oh, he's just 113, wow. which is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, it um, is. I feel like your hands oh, hurt. The sharpness, that. right? But, yeah, yeah. But I don't the sharpness think it's on your ear. Ooh. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and I don't room. think it's about how hard you clap. I think there's techniques no. around it, right? Yes, yeah, so you could slap your mm -hmm. hand and make it kind of louder or yeah. more tinnier. Yeah, absolutely. Question number five, back to you, Kelly. You have a two-one lead here on Rama. She mm. got that last one uh, wrong. Uh, so, question number five: True or false? There's a world record for the longest pillow fight while <laughs> riding a pony. A little what? obscure. While <laughs> oh, riding oh, a I know there is for the longest pillow fight, but riding a pony, I'm going to say no. You're right. It is false. There is no record for uh, having a long pillow fight while riding a pony, but there is. Like That's confusing. Said, <laughs> no. Well, dang. Like, yeah, read between. But there is while riding a oh, regular yeah, horse. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's or just like the last one, Rum. Yeah, it's dog. just the opposite. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a little bit too obscure, I guess. But Kels, you nailed it. There is one for the longest uh, pillow fight uh, for over 55 years. The World yeah, Pillow Fighting that. Championships. It's an actual professional league. So if you really want to get into oh, professional pillow God. fighting, there's a league. We uh, have to go through the rules of that one time on the show. We should. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah, for you that. should find and stuff like that, Jeffy. For some of these, there's got to be all these I'll competitions. Br I'll bring it up for a closing moment. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look yeah. it up. Look it up. And then maybe we can submit a Kelly and Remya team. Okay. I don't, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but they've had over 100 competitors that takes place in Kenwood, California. Um, participants sit on a metal bar hanging over a mud pit while taking swings at each other with oh my gosh. muddy pillows. Uh, the tournament takes place how conveniently on July 4th for Americans. So, Of course. Um, yeah. Wet, muddy doesn't... pillows? Ew, they'd stink. I... I think you've lost me at that one. So I, uh, I don't think I'd really want to submit a team for that. They'd be heavy um, too. Wet, they would be heavy. I feel like that would hurt. You know, weighing a pillow yeah. down. Even swinging it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's Jeffy. To, we're let's try to squeeze a couple more here. in here. Uh, true or false, Rum. Uh, someone holds not one, but two world records for gaming without ever using their hands. Gaming without using their hands? Yes. So you're thinking like, uh, you know, like some of the Wii products or whatever, where you're just using 
or adaptive mm, uh, potentially. True. That's what I would think. That's what I would think. What though. is it? The longest though? Like, what's the first part of that? Uh, two, two records. records. Two records. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. True. Yeah, I think it so. Is. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. It it is true. Rocky No Hands or Rocky Stettenborough of the United States uh, is a brilliant gamer, and let's just say Fortnite uh, is one of his favorites. Uh, he has the Guinness World Record for the most victory royales in Fortnite using a quad stick, mouth operated joystick, and his second world record is for most eliminations in Fortnite Battle Royale using that quad stick mouth operated joystick. So that is pretty darn impressive. Two world records. Yeah, it and is. Adaptive. That's really cool. Mm. Wow. That's really amazing. All right, guys. All right, Jeff, let's try to squeeze one more. True or false, Kells, though there's a world record for the largest collection of fridges. True. It, no, it, it, it no, is eh? false. But there is a large <laughs> the largest collection of ice cream Those. freezers. A little oh. obscure. So not fridges, but ice cream freezers. 132 in total uh, is what the world record is. So not no to fridges, but yes to ice cream freezers. So who holds that? Does it say anything about them? Like do they run a salvage say, yard or something like that? No. It doesn't say it, like, it must wonder. be like it must be like Disney World or something. No. Like somewhere where they have a, a bunch of ice cream freezers and they're going through ice cream, you know, a ton yeah. at a time. So uh, or someone yeah. that just collected them as a hobby and they have a big backyard and they would look at different yeah. types maybe. Like that would be kind of neat to see the different, especially as far back as they go because we don't think, oh, how long ago did these things come? You know, where, where did we have them on earth? But wow, there'd be some mm. cool stuff. All right, pal. See you later. Thanks a lot. Happy Friday, guys. Take care. So they began the show, folks, with a quiz. That was a good one, we'll into, I felt we'll your enjoyment. Better stuff. I felt your yeah, enjoyment. We'll get into real stuff now. <laughs> After this, in a moment, uh, Microsoft Copilot is now available for free for uh, iPhone and iPad users. What is this, and how can we use this cool feature? John Bueller lets us know on our app update in two minutes. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. is at the studio on main campus in Toronto. Kelly McDonald here at the home studio, London, Ontario. You know, um, during the quiz, Jeffy mentioned the handle, as I like to call them because of amateur radio times, for the uh, oldest gamer. Is that what we, what we said? 51 she started yeah. at? Yeah. Longest playing. Longest, longest playing. right. And then when we had the story, the CP story earlier, the young boy, 13, he had a name too. I can't recall it off the top of my head. But that is amazing when you think about the online presence all these folks have. It's like everyone has their own media presence, that kind of their their, their social media stuff to get themselves out there, to learn, to be active, and, and to, for people to be aware of them. Like it's it's interesting and you hear some of the wildest names with these folks mm -hmm. yeah and i guess you know you get the mm, clout you do when you break the records but the build right. up oh, yeah. you know and the training there's definitely always a following with these kinds of things just because we hear about it you know post record breaking um doesn't yeah. mean that people have not been aware of right and it's not just you know friends and family and cheerleading it's 
a lot no. more than that. No, and it's interesting because with everything, we've talked about this with woodworking, yep. with with Jeff, there are people who just want to know, hey, how do you do that? When people are working on something with a vehicle or whatever, there's always that network of people. So how did you get that so smooth? Mm. I noticed on your video, how? It's just unbelievable. And I think that's yep. the most wonderful thing now about all these things out there. Uh, the, the disabled gamer that we were just talking about, how many people in that similar situation, how the heck are you doing that? How did you do it? How did you become so good other than practice? So <laughs> exactly. Really cool. Fedora's off to these folks. Let's get to our app update. We get to this on Fridays with John Beeler. Hi, I'm John Beeler, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramia where I share the latest app, mobile and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We'll cover the gamut. Happy New Year, John. Are you looking forward to what 2024 is bringing to the tech world? Of course, always. Exactly. But um, maybe not always good things, but we know that you'll keep us posted on Fridays. Let's start with this. We can meet Link History. This is Facebook's new way of tracking the websites that we visit. So just off the top, is this something we should be cautious about uh, that Facebook is doing or excited about that Facebook's doing? I would say cautious. Okay. Um, essentially what this does is it, is um, they've exposed a new setting uh, and it's rolling out right now and it's not available everywhere. I actually just checked my Facebook and it does not have it. Uh, and it's only visible in the mobile app version of Facebook. Um, but what this is, is essentially your link history of anything that you've clicked on within the Facebook ecosystem. So think about anytime you see an interesting link that your friend posts or any of the pages or groups that you follow, those ones post, and you're browsing and looking at it through the Facebook app. So think about that for a second. This is a link that you've clicked on within Facebook and mm. you're still in Facebook, essentially. And so Facebook is actually tracking all the places you go on those other links. Um, and, you know, we've talked about in the past how Google and other companies have sort of tried to shut down the ability for um, uh, cross-site tracking. And, and essentially what Facebook has done is they basically have this little walled garden of a browser that's within the Facebook app. So they're tracking everything that you click on and, and click, on, um, click through to. So what I would recommend you do, uh, A, you can opt out of this feature if you, when, you, when and if you do get it in your app. Um, and uh, they claim that they'll delete that history after 30 days or something like that uh, once you've uh, opted out. But you can also just, when you find a link that you're interested in, if you uh, click on it, uh, sometimes you have the ability, if you like long press or if you're able to copy, copy. the link yeah. and then mm -hmm. open it in a normal browser, then that pulls Facebook out of that loop and they're no longer able to track what you're doing. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, remind okay. us again, are, P are we going to know that Facebook is starting to do this? Like, you know how wherever you go now, websites, they'll be like, heads up, we take your cookies. Do you allow this or not? Um, are we just opted in without any uh, pretense or will we know to keep getting that reminder that Facebook is tracking? Unfortunately, you're opted in by default. Oh, okay, fabulous. Mm -hmm. You've agreed to So you just yeah. assume it's at all times. Yep. Yeah. Assuming yeah. is one thing, but like to remember to do that, because remember, it's an extra step to copy that mm -hmm. link, to go to another thing and open it up privately. 
Um, I've started yeah. to do this on on lots of different um, places like TikTok or um, Instagram and any of any place that has like a shopping link or any of those mm. types of things. Keep in mind, if you're still within that app, that app is tracking you. Um, right. Now, this may or may not be a bad thing. It depends. If you like targeted ads, uh, this this is going to give you all kinds of targeted ads. Uh, and it's annoying because you're probably going to buy something and then it's going to just show you nonstop ads for the thing you already bought. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And then either retrain yourself to look. And then I'll think on it for a day or two, expecting that stuff as it becomes that way. And like you say, John, for some people, I mean, I, I've looked at things and then been shown things that I never either knew existed in the same way or, holy cow, that's a good deal on that. I mm -hmm. never thought of that. But also um, um, with social media, it's one thing to, you know, go through TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and, and have these links. But when we're thinking about just... Um, uh, text messaging or iMessage uh, worlds or WhatsApp where people send links to, you know, videos and other things. Right. And Family you just, stuff or exactly. whatever. And it, that yeah. becomes an embedded link in these conversations as well. You click and you get used to that, you know, having uh, the, the play button or other kind of means of getting into a, a website through. So you really have to practice both things, right, John? Yeah. And, and the marketing people are getting trickier with some of these things. Like you mentioned right. the play button, for example. Oftentimes I've seen what looks like a video preview with a play button, but it actually is a link. It's a static image with an overlaid play button. Yes, so yes. there's tricky things like that. And it's really hard to tell what's real and what's not. Um, but I would just always assume if you're on, you know, Instagram or any of these social platforms and you're looking at ads, assume you're being tracked, assume uh, that the place you're looking to shop at may be sketchy. So have your, you know, your, your shields up if you will, uh, and be very diligent in what you're actually doing and where you're doing it. Uh, anytime you have to give your credit card, for example, just make sure you're on a secure site. But, you know, if you find a cool thing on Instagram, and I've, I've been guilty of this, I'll, I'll, I'll go and want to buy it, but I make sure that I open it up in my own proper browser. Mm. And I also Google the store because some of these stores have really weird names and you've never heard of them before, and they're not all legit. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All those are good precautions, man. Uh, John, let's slip over to Microsoft Copilot, which hits iPhone, iPad, free uh, chat GPT-4, and more. Yeah, this is something that uh, has basically dropped uh, across all platforms now. It's also on Android as well. And this is part of the integration with um, Microsoft and OpenAI. Normally, if you want ChatGPT4, the latest version of it, or DALI3, which is their uh, image modeling system, uh, you have to pay for it, $20 US per month. But if you use the Copilot app, which is what app uh, Microsoft has rebranded their Bing uh, app, uh, basically, this comes to you for free. You don't have to log in or do anything. You just get access to the latest version of ChatGPT for free and all of the cool uh, imaging uh, packaging of DALI 3 as well. So you get all the AI stuff for free. Um, but again, like we just talked about, you're going to be inside the Microsoft app to do this. And so it will be tracking you. Keep that in mind. Um... Yeah. Yeah. And again, again, you look and say, okay, what's going to go on? What what do I not want? I think this gets into more area. And again, when we see as what it does or what you're using it for. But I think it's such a track world regardless 
And I think more yeah. of the things you guys spoke of in the last, you know, where you stop and say, hey, either I make the habit or at times this is a benefit to me or this is how they're going to enhance this so this thing will even be more helpful. I think so many of us get caught in that and we're allowing a lot more breach of our security or privacy for these the days than ever. Yeah. Yes, for convenience or, or just, save 20 bucks you know, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, or who cares? Exactly. <laughs> the money. I guess just be careful that you're not copying and pasting something like super important from work that is still considered right. private. Um, because once it's in these systems, I would assume um, by default that your data is being used to help train these models. So mm -hmm. anything you put in systems could get output to somebody else as a result. Yeah. The thing and is, that's, of course, could get you breaching without breaching confidentiality without even meaning to. Yeah. The thing is, it's getting harder because, mm, number one, yes, we are becoming more aware and the conversations are pretty much everywhere. But the the difficulty I'm finding is that everything is at our fingertips, work and personal and uh, privacy and convenience and all of this stuff is at our fingertips. And as you said, John, in the last topic, the the creators or marketers are getting smarter at things, right? So it becomes more confusing, even though we know the options are, it can be in our favors or not in our favors, but we can or customize. Not. Yeah, or but the opt-out thing, like in that yeah, is not automatic even there, right? Like that's not exactly. even, because we're getting smarter and knowing John's telling everybody, hey guys, do this, move it over there. All right, darn John, we'll fix yeah. him. There's no option to get out of it. Exactly. Let's talk about the uh, last thing on your list, which is the one of these classes that are available for from CES, the Consumer Electronics mm. Show. That's coming up. Yeah, the Consumer Electronics Show is next week, and this is a preview uh, that I got from a company called Dot Lumen, mm. and. This is actually, I think, really exciting. They've essentially taken the same technology in self-driving cars, basically LiDAR that sort of scans the environment right. in front of you, and they've shrunk it down and put it inside what looks kind of like a VR headset, except it sort of sits on your forehead. It doesn't cover your face, doesn't cover your eyes, and essentially it gives you the ability, and the example video that they used was that um, a blind person could basically leave their white cane behind and not need it because through haptics and other audible cues in this headset, it's scanning the environment in front of you, telling you to avoid puddles, um, any kind of um, uh, obstacles, people, cars, uh, et cetera. So it's it's really a fascinating take on this. Um, mm. I don't have a lot of other information because this will be formally announced uh, next week. Um, but I just thought it was a really cool use case for the technology that has basically been you know used in cars for a number of years now. Oh, well, and, and uh, the vacuums are using it now too, right? The robot vacuums, exactly. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Steps, yeah. like going up or down, it can tell you that. Where I mean, a lot of us, even with a bit of vision, you don't have the right depth perception. You go to a place such as, uh, well, where you're, you know, a conference like that or an event like that, and there may be just one or two steps. Where otherwise, without our cane, oh, geez, I didn't <laughs> notice those steps there. Um, this kind of thing could be so helpful in such a well, non-intrusive way. I hope. Mm. The, the other interesting thing is that they've sort of positioned this as a, almost a replacement for a guide dog because guide dogs don't scale. Um, it's hard to give every single vision impaired person a guide dog, A, from the cost and training and, and just, you know, uh, the, 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 the amount of effort involved to keep that dog 
you know, alive. Um, this is essentially doing a lot of the same things that a guide dog would do. Uh, at least that's their premise. The lifestyle potential, like depending on someone's lifestyle, where maybe they can't have a dog, don't want one, aren't comfortable, allergic to, mm. this is another option, I guess, to look right. at. Um, and and John, everything I'm is a tool anyway. Exactly. And yeah. everything it's telling you, obviously, is, you know, a verbal. So I guess it kind of, depending how it goes, as we've seen, there's a lot of ways to describe stuff to us now that cuts to the mustard and makes it fairly direct and uh, helpful. So it'll be interesting to see how this works. John, thank you so much. Looking forward to next week and whatever you bring uh, then. Are you there next week, John? Yes, updates. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you'll be there, right? Eh? I actually am not going this year. Oh. Not this year. Okay. Okay. But well, I'm you'll still have all the goods. Now. Exactly. Awesome. Talk to you then. All right. Thanks, take care. John Beeler joins us for our app update. This is every Friday. We talk tech to end the week off as well as start the week off on Mondays with Michael Babcock. We'll step aside for a couple of moments. An Alabama woman with rare double uterus gives birth to two children. We talked about this last year. Well, it's happened, obviously. Beth Deer, she'll tell us more about this rare phenomenon on the buzz. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Thanks for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. On your Friday as we swing open the gate with your weekend. Remember, you can check the show out at various times on AMI-tv. We're on at 2 p.m. Eastern Time daily, Monday through Friday. AMI-audio, you guys find us at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Both repeats of the show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And whenever you can catch the show on either network, we appreciate it. If you're listening in around the world on AMI-audio, thanks a lot for being with us. Ramya Muthan, Kelly McDonald, host of the show. And uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have a segment called The Buzz. Hosting for us this week on The Buzz is uh, Beth Deer. We bring Beth in. Uh, Beth, good day. How's Friday? Friday's good. I'm excited for my lay-in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> more that, sleep. That's a Saturday and Sunday event? Oh, yeah. Like, every Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, those are my mornings. I get to sleep for as long as I want. <laughs> Oh, well, now, how long is that for you? Are, like, do you at 9 a.m., 10, or mm -hmm. does it really vary? Because you're up pretty early through the it, week. Up. Yeah, like, I mean, my daughter, Henley, has gotten into, like, a good uh, stretch of, like, waking up at, like, 8, 8, 8.30 recently, which has been really nice. Um, but I'm a night owl. Like, I really struggle to go to bed before, like, 12 o'clock. So on the weekends, if we end up staying up and like watching a show, maybe go to bed even later than twelve. I'm being really honest with you, Cal. I can sleep till like eleven. <laughs> wow, well, and that's good. That's good that you guys have a system like this where Henley and Dad know. No, 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 Saturday, Sunday. Let's just go on and do something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hear Peppa Pig blaring through the wall. <laughs> oh, is that the way to the possibly hint to get? You know, it's ten o'clock. Turn Peppa up a little bit. <laughs> I think so. I think it's like, Mom, wake up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, are we going to start with birth or save that for a, a little bit to give us an update mm. on something we talked about um, before, Beth? We'll quickly do this one first. It's actually kind of relevant to the quiz. 
that you guys did a little bit earlier on in the show. Um, there is a Texan woman and she baked for 55 hours to attempt to break a world record. Um, she baked different things in hopes of obviously taking the record for the longest baking marathon by an individual. She started cooking on December 28th and finished her attempt 55 hours later. Um, evidence from her attempt must now be reviewed by the Guinness World Record officials. But I find this kind of strange. Like, that sounds like to me that she's definitely, like, got it in the bag. Like, wow. She's I can't she's imagine it. that time. 55. I do wonder how about charting it, how she, how, you know, their trust level, what they expect now, especially mm -hmm. since we were talking about how many different means there are to do stuff. Like, are you supposed to record yourself doing it for 55 hours or check in or log in on a, on their site or something and show pictures? I mean, I guess you could do that because it would show, even if you sent a picture every 30 minutes or every hour, uh, everything's still in motion. You still up. Obviously, somebody's sending these. Yeah. Unless you took, well, you know, I know for uh, her. <laughs> there was actually someone there like there was right. someone there oh. with her which i'm also like someone else stayed awake for 55 hours to watch you bake they must like, have got no. they must have got really? full they must have got full <laughs> rummy and i would do that in a minute i'd go in there and sit there all right what are you finished now this is a carrot k all right you get back in there all yeah right, but you'd almost hours. have to work in shifts though even if you oh, are sure. just observing yeah. or Good taste point. testing or anything yes because Good you point. would yeah like the novelty wears off right like 55 hours that's well i think the novelty must wear days. off for these people showing up at anything yeah. you know baking would be great what if someone said yeah i'm gonna pile make the highest pile of manure <laughs> you're gonna sit here while i do this right no <laughs> exactly. yeah it would definitely have to be so. shifts yep yeah, that's great. I did read somewhere that they are allowed to take breaks. I think it's like every four hours they're allowed like 15 minutes. And then if they decide not to take the every four hours, then every eight hours they get like X amount of time, um, which I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Personally, I feel like that's cheating. But um, if, if they're the rules, then they're the rules. <laughs> That's just a wonderful, wow. though. Oh, yeah. what a fun assignment that one would be. Could you imagine them all fighting over it at Guinness? You know, oh, no, no, I get to do that one. No, no, no. I've had the last crappy ones. Oh, you <laughs> let me go. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, uh, I feel one. like you'd be a great spectator for that one, Kels. Oh, Okay, God, this is the one that you're sleeping. interested in. <laughs> yeah, all that. Um, but so this is when you were interested in Kells and there was a while ago, I think it was honestly probably two or three months ago now that um, we spoke about this on the show. Um, but there was an Alabama woman with a rare uterus, um, uh, rare double uterus, sorry. And she just gave birth to two girls after carrying each of them, obviously in separate uteruses, which I, I'm really, I'm, I mean, this is so interesting, but I'm kind of like, does that make them twins or does that make them sisters? Because obviously if you have like non-identical twins, they are still considered twins, but they have separate sacs and separate placentas. If they're separate uteruses, does that just make them sisters? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talk about the yeah, days. Do we have to get I believe into the science? I believe we did, though. And I think they are just, I think they're sisters. I don't think they're classed as twins. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what the definition of a twin is, but, I mean, maybe we can look that up at some point. But, anyway, she gave birth to two girls on Wednesday and Thursday after a combined 20-hour labor for 
No, thanks. Um, she was diagnosed Ooh. with a double uterus, also called a uterus. Give me a second. Della, Della, Delafis or something like that is what it's called. I tried to pronounce this last night. I just couldn't get it. Um, when she was 17, the rare congenital condition occurs in 0.3% of women. Um, there is an estimated one in a million chance of carrying a baby in both uteri, also known as a decavitary pregnancy. Um, but best the ch- news and the is chances both of problems too or something. So, sorry, Beth. I yeah. No, no, that's okay. All I was going to say was both her and the babies are fine. I have so many questions about this and like so much more that I would want to know. And I did try and do some more digging, but really there didn't seem to be much out there other than just like the, the, the this story. Like I, I couldn't yeah. even really find any other stories like previously like this. So like I said, it must be incredibly rare. Yeah, there, there's interesting studies that were out there because I know we we talked about the first time I saw a reasonable amount of of, of content about. But as for them, no, the family seemed pretty open and excited, and you know, just hope things went well. Um, and the last I had heard uh, through the holidays is that there, you know, was a bit of stress, bit of concern because the um, team delivering the babies. Uh, had to be really on standby because there's multiple complications that could happen. So this is just so wonderful to hear because as soon as you you know you read something like mm. that, you just oh my gosh, hopefully this all works out well. Especially when it sounds like there's the potential for stuff. So thanks yeah. for bringing that to us. I always get a little nervous too for the Me the too. families that go through it because mm-hmm. you know this is sensational, right? To say the yes. least. Like we're getting all the updates, we're keeping posted, and, and of course it's positive like people are interested but also hoping for the best and sending good vibes but uh nonetheless you're you're being followed yeah your story is being absolutely and like there is so many complications that can happen with you know a single pregnancy anyway like i mean twins as well adds more complications having two uteruses i just feel would be like double the amount of potential complications because it could happen to like one uterus or both or like do you know what i mean like it's quite They're terrifying not working together. You think about that's it. the thing no exactly. you're on your own there's no hey man i don't know what's going on over there i'm only interested in this block what's happening here exactly like if one of the uteruses like started to go into labor like would that cause the other uterus to go into labor like i just have so many questions um, <laughs> I just find it absolutely fascinating. And obviously being pregnant myself, I'm just obsessed with pregnancy at the moment too. So, you know, um, <laughs> uh, we'll change the topic. Um, next is a lady who bought something from a Goodwill. Um, she spent three ninety nine on a very rare vase that oh, ended God. up being worth over a hundred thousand dollars oh get out yeah doesn't that sound fantastic okay how <laughs> so, did this um, happen okay <laughs> so the lady named jessica was looking around a thrift store um when this vase caught her eye um it had like ribbons of color aqua green and amethyst purple that spiraled up its glass surface like how wait a second i think i might have messed this up um stripes of paint right that's what it was 
Okay. So she obviously was like really drawn to this vase, uh, took it home. She paid $3.99 thinking it would just like look nice in her house. Um, she, she said, I definitely didn't buy it thinking, oh, I'm going to sell this. But she did see um, like a name on the bottom of the vase. So she ended up um, Googling it. And then she found some group on Facebook that was all like glass artwork and, you know, people who actually knew what they were talking about. So she posted the glass in this group and everyone was like, oh my goodness, you need to go and get this appraised this is going to be worth an awful lot of money. And so she did. And yeah, she ended up selling it for $107,000. That is wild. Mm -hmm. The thing is like when stuff like this, the way that it works out, the best stories and the ones that end up being this wild are when you have no idea, right? Like this tiny little thing is going to end up being this gigantic part of your life or your story and you had no idea that when you got this vase that it was going to be like this the same thing for collections and all these other things like yeah sometimes i mean often we hear about stories where people are actively collecting and actively actively paying attention to you know conditions and uh keeping things mint just in case you know value but the best ones are when you had no idea Absolutely. Like I watched this show on Netflix not long ago. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was about this like online auction mart. And a lot of the things they sold were like hockey cards. And there was even this one lady who came in with like a bunch of like beanie babies. I don't know if you had any of those when you were a kid, Ramia, but I had a ton of them. And yeah, like all things that were seemingly invaluable. Yeah. One of these hockey cards sold for millions of dollars. It oh was like gosh, one yeah. of the most expensive hockey cards ever. Yeah. But the thing is, like, some people know that, right? Like, if you're very much a collector mm-hmm. and, and have an idea of what's going on, then you know that you should probably keep things. Or, you know, how when we have people come on for collections here, we say, like, do you wear your jerseys or do you um, keep them behind closed doors, <laughs> or, you know, yeah. behind glass or whatever? Because one day you know what this may uh, result to. Um, my neighbor, Dave, who's a collector of models and just loves building in general he's going through this right now where he's selling a lot of the stuff that he's bought and never opened not because on purpose he was keeping it to sell one day but because he just never got around to the models but now they're worth hundreds of dollars more than what he Mm -hmm. paid for originally or he just picked it up at a hobby shop and now you know people are searching for that specific particular um, model or make or year of the collection right like it's just interesting to kind of follow these things Yeah, it is. It's amazing, isn't it, when you look at it? Uh, Here we have something for you, too. Uh, Twin, the scientific uh, version, uh, either of two young who are simultaneously born from one mother. Twinning, uh, common in many animals, is of two biological kinds, uh, an egg, one egg, or identical Okay, two type two uh, fraternal twins. Yeah. Uh, Either of two offsprings produced in the same pregnancy. one or two persons by one persons, one or two. Yeah, it's it's interesting a little bit more here, but uh, it gets us back into that. Beth, thanks a lot. No, thank you guys. I'll be back on in uh, not very long, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, she'll be back with us for Cut for Time, folks. Coming up in the next uh, hour of the program, speaking of, we'll get to Cut for Time and recaps from the past week. 
Well, the internet launched its first all AI generated bookstore. Ryan Huey shares his thoughts on the chatty bookshelf. But up next, the Professional Women's Hockey League set a record during its first week. Brock Richardson, he's here to tell us more in his sports update in two minutes. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Appreciate wherever you are checking us out. Glad to have you with us. So uh, I was whining to these guys, folks, that... I was hearing some noise. Everything was really loud. I was hearing myself more so, and I figured it out. Uh, on the board that I have here, I had one knob turned that allowed me to hear more of myself. And I'm like you folks. I can only take so much of myself. So, therefore, <laughs> I turned that sucker down. Okay. <laughs> Unlike Muzi, who's like, turn it up, turn it down, turn yeah. it up. Well, usually that's what I, I want to hear more of myself. That's yeah. what Ramya says a lot of time. I Tina can't Geller hear has myself. a lot to say about my self-monitoring preferences. I need to hear very more. Very fluid, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hearing more. There are a lot Ramya's of factors that play topic. into this stuff. <laughs> what, what, for hearing more? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the perfect balance, folks. In Ramya's case... More! In my case, less, less, man. Now, t- turn me down, turn me down. It's not always more. Let's uh, talk sports with Brock Richardson. <laughs> I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. There's somebody that turns Rummy and I both down when he gets tired of listening or just deletes the recorded file. Hello, pal. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I have to say, hearing more of yourself while you're doing a show is like, I don't know, it's really distracting. So, yeah, it's it's hard to do, but sometimes... She, she likes it. In school, I was taught, yeah, turn yourself down because you'll tend to yell and compete with yourself. And I, I realized, oh. oh, yeah, I do that. And you, <laughs> and you hear the same thing within like a millisecond, so it's just, it's too much for my brain. Um, I have two lead-off items for you guys uh, today. The first one is to give you an update on the World Junior Hockey Championships. So we had the bronze medal game, which was between Czechia and Finland. And uh, Finland was leading this game 5-2. to two. Czechs scored six straight goals, and they scored four of those six within 50 seconds to take the game 8-5. Oh the 50 seconds wow. is a... World Junior record for the most goals wow. scored in the shortest amount of time. So nice. this was a great, great game to get things going. And then we had the gold medal game between USA and Sweden, which is the co-favorites of this event. <clears throat> this game is going on as we speak. It is two to one for uh, USA right now. And you can literally see uh, Sweden really struggling and i say this because sweden has had a history of getting to the gold medal game but then not taking that extra step and getting through mm. they have been to many gold medal games in the last 10 years and not yet gotten over the hump so we really hope we get them there because they're at home and they need need to get it done so watch that game as it's going on right now 
And I can think of several Major League Baseball teams that should be at a conference with them talking about that. But that's amazing with Chechi. I like with uh, you know, like with, with you know, really being able to six goals set a record. Man, we do have a theme going on here. Talking a lot about records today. Awesome, sir. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and then the I think you said you had two things. The second item for you guys is to tell you that the uh, Professional Women's Hockey League set a record in Ottawa for the most fans in professional women's game of 8,318. So that's really, really Yay. cool. Wow. That's yeah. fantastic. So, Brock, let's go to the league, um, the Women's Professional Hockey League, and talk about the impact. Because we've been teeing it up, right, that they're starting up this year. Uh, now we know how, like, exemplary that, you know, first game was or how that could be impactful. But what do you think overall? I think if I'm being really honest with you guys, I think what we see is the sellouts are happening, and this is good. This is the first season which we would all expect this to be the case. For my desires, it's how do we do this long-term? I, I don't want to see the novelty wear off. I don't want to see people say, oh, yeah, I did that for one and a half years, and now it's just whatever. I want to see it build and build and build, but I, I want to see it over time. This year, I'm cool with it all being sold out. It's wonderful, but right now it's the novelty and we kind of go, what are we going to get in the future? And that's what I'm worried about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and unfortunately, one thing with future is it, it, it involves time. Um, we talked about this when the NBL right. started, National Basketball League of Canada, which has now evolved into the Super League that they've joined and put together because time changes. And we're talking after 10 years of trying to make NBL work, um, this, this male uh, basketball league here in Canada, um, so you want the hope, the patience, the same understanding. We see what the WNBA has done. All right, It's been amazing, but there took a lot of support, a lot of people speaking who knew what the heck they were talking about. Um, and it's great to have the key players, as you know, Brock, involved with this league that can speak well to women's sports, but are also financially backing because you're looking for those deep pockets to be patient and understanding right. the novelty will wear off. But the product, like, for example, these women asked for a little contact. Traditionally, there isn't the contact there that you see in, in other hockey. They've asked for rules for a little bit of contact. I'm not sure, Brock, maybe, you know, whether we get into this another time or not, what that means. But they're trying to do what they can to feel a professional league, to put a good product out there, not bite off more than they can chew by going to certain size arenas. Uh, I think that one's almost the biggest one they're in. 8,000, and in time it will progress. Do I foresee it going to, uh, you know, Air Canada Centre? No, not anytime soon, and I don't want it. I want the money going back into the league. I want players paid properly. I want all those things, uh, including the TV contracts, to be very generous to them. And I think secondarily, too, to all of this, is the next focus for this league beyond getting actual names for the, the teams, because right now it's just the cities. There's no, like, Toronto Wolverines. There's, it's just the city. So I think the secondary focus for this league is development, because right now what you see is six teams, and you see those six teams with all the Canadian and American talent spread out within those six teams. We want to see the talent build 
further beyond those six teams rather than saying, oh, well, we're just going to let whomever form a team and, and, and build it that way. We want to see seriously good development. And somebody asked me this week, they said, why is it only six? And I had two answers for them. One is because hockey tends to have the original six, which is cool. And the second answer to that is something we talked about a while ago in that you don't want to water down the product. You want to sell it. And the way you're going to sell it is say, we have these six teams that have these wonderful athletes, which then filters down to, we're going to build the game. And all the young girls are watching saying, that's what I want to be, which, which brings into the grassroots situation. And we say, that's where we want to be. And I think that's where we got to start from. You got to have a glut of of interest, a glut of talent out there fighting their way onto these teams. There's something you really like about this league that they're trying to implement, Brock. What do you can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you you touch on it a little bit, and it's it's talking about the contact in women's hockey. In previous times, you would see almost zero contact tolerated. So any kind of body checking, any kind of anything like that, would be called a penalty. The league has come together with its players and its its uh, ownership and said, can we have a little bit of contact that normalizes our game? The women want to feel as though they're normalized into men's hockey. They don't want to feel like they have contact, but we don't. I'm not suggesting that, you know, the women are going to be expecting full body contact because that's not what's coming out of this. What's coming out of it is we just want a little more than just just playing shinny with each other without without there being contact and i think that's gonna gonna you know bring in people who are gonna say hmm, this is really skilled hockey with a little bit of the body contact that we were unfamiliar with before today yeah i'm i'm very curious on how we're gonna be you know moving forward with this and thinking there's a lot more to be obviously discussed but really just monitored and observed right so yeah that's really, totally yeah um not sure where you want to go from this point do you want to talk about uh nfl let's let's do the NFL. one you pick okay let's do the nfl because there's a big game uh this weekend between the miami dolphins and the buffalo bills a winner basically wins the AFC and uh, loser if it's Buffalo could be out of the playoffs if it's Miami could be down to uh, sixth place there's a ton a ton of games this weekend where it's like uh, we got to win to get in uh, Minnesota Vikings um, just sorry Tennessee Titans and uh, Indianapolis Colts are in a situation where whichever team wins is likely to advance the team that loses would not so there's tons and tons of good football uh, this this weekend, and uh, it starts tomorrow, which is not normal for the NFL, but as we creep closer to the playoffs, they tend to do this Saturday-Sunday thing, which I love because it kind of breaks up the whole, oh, there's 12 games on Sunday, and, you know, you kind of get a few on Saturday, a few on Sunday. So lots of really good uh, football games coming your way this weekend, so enjoy. Is that Buffalo game the one that pins you to the chair that you'll make sure you're there to watch? Yeah, 8.20, we have plans uh, in the early part, and I literally told my wife, got to be home by 8.20, and uh, she said, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that answers awesome. your question. Okay, pal. Thanks a lot, Brock. Wonderful stuff. Great, uh, 
Great, enthusiastic. By the way, congratulations to you guys on uh, the launch of the Neutral Zone. Folks, you can do a search through your uh, podcast platform to find these guys and check out their first show, which dropped earlier this week. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. We talk sports with Brock on Fridays here on the program at the top of our second hour. Up next, the internet launched its first all-AI-generated bookstore last month. Brian Huey, he'll share his thoughts during the chatty bookshelf next. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Does David Dennis ever let you look at any of those models, pick them up, and do you have a favorite? I do not have a favorite. I definitely have experience checking out the uh, stuff whenever he's been working on it, you know, models, Lego stuff, et cetera, et cetera. He's a pretty big hobby person. Um, but mm, I don't have a favorite. I think models have always been more my favorite. I mean, I, for me, working with Lego, always great. I'm better at that. Models, I never, I hate it. My brother and I used to try to do it and I'd get, hey, hey, pieces stuck to my finger and stuff like that, <laughs> working with the glue. But, you know, it was always a, a fun time. But I just love the parts, right? All the pieces and being able to tactilely, you know, hold them and fi figure out where they go and, and just all the different stuff like that. So yeah. really cool. Uh, Kelly McDonald here with Rumya Muthan. And we love on Fridays to kick the weekend open with a little bit of audiobook and book chat in general. Let's bring on Ryan Huey for the Chatty Bookshelf. Who knew an entire library could fit inside your pocket? I'm Ryan Huey. This is the Chatty Bookshelf where we talk audiobook trends, news, and author interviews. Ryan, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. Thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Going really well. How was your holiday yeah. reading? It was good. It was good. Lots of sports overtook a lot of it. But, uh, you know, I love all this model talk. You guys, are, I'm calling you up next time because I can't even assemble the IKEA Billy bookcase properly <laughs> without some help. And you guys are using glue and following this and doing this. And I'm like, oh, you don't have like a really good Ira story picture? where you called Ira and they helped you go through an IKEA build together? Uh, there was one where I had the instructions upside down kind of thing, but it didn't even matter. So, I I mean, it's all pictures, right? So they, they're like, we don't know what we're looking at here. But uh, uh, yeah, it, they try their best. But yeah. now I feel like you could do a lot of it with Be My AI. You know, take a picture oh, of the instructions sure and yeah. then take a picture of your oh, pile way, yeah. of stuff and then see if it yep. can instruct you. Wow, what a project that would be, actually. Imagine your pile of stuff and it goes judging by the picture. It just yeah. could tell you. And it could tell you, yeah. What you need it next. could describe uh, the kind of there's always, piece. I always have like five leftover screws and I'm like, oh no, what did I do wrong? Where where are these supposed to be kind of thing? That's what, that's what yeah. I'm always thinking too. But And uh, then they started really screwing hope, around yeah. with people and giving you those extra ones in case you lost any. Yeah, these are just extra screws <laughs> in case something happens. Yeah. I know, right? But I really hope our audience got uh, everything they were hoping for out there uh, through the holidays. Your stocking was filled with eBooks, audiobooks, all kinds of Kindles, tablets, phones, whatever you need to listen to them. And hopefully you guys are kicking off 2024 with uh your Goodreads listening goal and, uh, you know, putting down books uh, here and there so that you can surpass last year's total. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we we all look forward to more and more book talk of 2024 with you. So what kind of story do you have for us today? 
Uh, I, I, we've talked about this before, uh, and I don't think it's going away, but uh, this one was interesting, but not for the right reasons to me. So the internet launched a site called BookBud, uh, and it's one word, and it's the first all AI-generated bookstore. So this is interesting in terms of how it works, and there's almost two streamlines here, so to speak, but uh, I just I don't know how I feel about it, or even if I'll, I'll look at it, because they th their goal is to have every book ever created on this site. So to me, that means, well, who's reading them? Obviously, AI. And then it says, okay, we'll use To Kill a Mockingbird. That's usually my go-to example. That's already mm -hmm. been created, and that's already been created in audio. They're not using that audio. They're making it their own audio for free, kind of saying it's almost really interesting as to how they're doing this. But the more interesting streamline to me is that anybody that that is an author can upload things and upload a book and it'll make an ebook, audiobook, and uh, so to speak, air quotes, print copy for them with little to no technological skills. So that's the kind of goal that they're looking at. And that's the big pressing issue is that an author can do this with their smartphone and really publish their own book and get it out there and get it into the hands of people. And it'll be narrated by... Uh, a AI. machine i guess yeah so i i don't know i really don't know what to think right because in terms of getting oh. the books out there great but in terms yeah. of the, the, yep, the this is the split we're talking stuff, about yes and yeah, like remembering as we've talked about that most of the audience who will be reading aren't people who are fussy about their jaws or yeah. their voiceover. There are people who are saying, this could be better. There are people who will just be blown away and long as they can learn how to hear it. I mean, the only saving grace is so many people, if they had to use jaws or, I, I can't understand that. Will you slow it down a little? You know, like, but that it's going to take no time for people to catch up and they're going to be very grateful to be able to drive or have someone read to them uh, mm -hmm. and they won't mind some of the voices that we would kind of, you know, Mm. stick our thumb at and that's where my mind it tends to go right because so many folks have told me that they listen even cited or not uh listen at 1.5 two times three times speed does it matter if it's a person or not at this point uh if it's just that ai generated person sounding voice are they gonna go gravitate towards that because mm. it's more of this is what's available it's free because this whole entire library is free which is wild to me. I don't know if that's going to stay like that, but you look at terms of Audible and those things like that, it's all subscription-based. This is free. Uh, so yeah, it's, so it's, all the build they got a lot of things right? going for them right now. Yeah. 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 Is this well, kind of the and, next and step? I also, in... Okay, go ahead. I, I, I'll just say one quick thing. I also liken it to how people wanted their music so bad 20 years ago, they didn't mind the poor quality of MP3s because they had the top 40 every week they could update and have hundreds and hundreds of songs. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking this, honestly, as the next step to self-publishing, right? Like right now, self-publishing is a pretty big option for a lot of people, uh, new authors, but just people who want to get any kind of work or story or whatever out there. And this is kind of like making it easier, making it a seamless or at least a less grueling process to get your stuff out there. You don't necessarily need to be uh, putting in the work to figure out how, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, or spending the money. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, um, kind of as you said, Kelly, like where people who really wanted to get their music out or just get their stuff out, you'd go to the easiest platforms. You'd go to places where you don't have to necessarily 
put in all the work or maybe you don't have the finances or resources to get it out there in the most ideal way with the marketing and everything else involved. Um, so you just go with things like SoundCloud or Bank Bandcamp or, you know, other mm -hmm. ways. And that's right. how people feel about self-publishing now as it is Be before the AI, right? Before even putting AI into the equation, um, you know, Amazon yeah. self-publishing or all these other places where you're like, how do I get my stuff out there as quickly? Kind of like a performer on YouTube being discovered? Right. Would you comp something like and that? And frankly, right. this is free. The, you exactly, know, this is that, free. self-publishing, there's, there's terms and there's fees and, mm -hmm. and you know, we're taking a cut or this or that or the other. And, and this lawyers. is like everything so, yeah. can be yeah. done for you. And yes, it is AI and all of us kind of want to, you know, emphasize, oh my gosh, AI, what does that mean for the problem slash situation? Uh, but really what AI is doing is making it even more easy with the formats that it's regurgitating out there, spitting out and, and saying like, yeah, here you go. And you don't even have to put in the work for the accessibility process, if I dare say. Nope. And I just wonder how they get around the copyright laws or, or what have you, you know, a book that's already published. How do they just upload it in there and say okay now an ai person i yeah. guess we're gonna sue ai but i mean the the, the site itself like the the founders of the no take it down take it off or i wonder the guy that still blows my mind to this day is, is and there's probably going to be landmark cases um coming up in the future about this sort of thing but i just i can't believe that they are just able yeah. to you know do what you feel festival at this point like it's like you can put out you well can put and, and do we have and, the same kind of battles go on that we just saw in hollywood Right? Is that yeah. what's next yep. in some form? It's a lot different landscape when it comes to writers, publishing houses, and so on, protecting themselves in the same way. It's it's a totally different landscape because it's far more individual. Yeah, I also think of like just making life easier for on all aspects for all people. I know that it can't be this simple, guys. Like I'm very much simplifying a lot of things here, but right, really right. When, when we're thinking like alt text, right? We would love to encourage every single person to put alt text on every single post that they put out there. Come on guys, let's make it easier for the blind low vision community to interact on social. But at the end of the day, we, we know this. If the corporations implement it, if AI can help, if there was some level of like bridging the gap. Push so, a button. Yeah. Yes, Zoom, you post it and something has generated some level of alt text so that we're not completely out of the conversation. And I think this is leaning into that. Like we can lean into that aspect. Well, not all AI is evil, right? It's just in this sure. case where it's uh, right. It, <laughs> it's just an now. And, and in this case, in this case, it's it, part right? of it's it. Preference, right? right? But, but yeah. in this case, it's part of it because uh, let's be fair, guys. There are a lot of people who would argue, "I just want as many books." Well, what about those poor narrators exactly. out there? I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah, and I just right? want the format. I, I just want That's it faster. Right. I just want more of this. I want right. more. Yeah. I want it easy for me. To, especially people who say, "I want to do the right thing. I want to do that alt text, or I want yeah. to have my book available." For, for people who are print restricted, which now exactly. the whole world wants it. You know, some, some people mean it in the right way. They're not interested in necessarily a narrator or how so many of us have, oh, I've got a loyalty for a certain narrator. Yeah, well, you, you know, the more mean. we get access to these things, the less we want to wait for them, right? Like if, right. if the ebook is out, I'm like, where's my audiobook? Why is this going to be yeah. longer? If the TV show is out, I'm like, why isn't the audio described version out at the same exact time? So, and yeah. and if that count, and they know the market of readers, yeah, audio whatever yes. ebook readers. Yeah. Want and if that. it comes back to well, we don't have enough personnel to mm -hmm. drive it to get out there at the same time, or you know, it's labor intensive, then fine.
Bring an AI. And I don't, don't care. And we don't have to pay all the money to do it that we do buying an AI service. Mm. That even if we have to pay for a particular yeah. service, AI that's designed to do this. Yeah. And that's what we're buying. You know, readers in a bag. You know, bring it home, set it up, and away it goes. And 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 records description for us, or um, sorry, mm. audio book for us. You know, five of them in in an hour. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Uh, what's the second story you got for yeah, us? Yeah. By the way, I love and these just, debates, Ryan. So thanks for bringing these before, up. Just before and just before we move on, uh, the uh, the audiobook giants, audiobook.com, uh, Audible, they have listened, and there's going to be by the end of January, there's going to be a filter where you can filter in and out the AI audiobooks that are oh. on there as well. So you can only okay. go people, or you can only go AI. Which starts a whole another debate, but I uh, just I saw that <laughs> I, I saw that last night, late last night before bed, and I I was like I have to mention it. Yeah. But the second one is, guys, I got to ask a, a quick question: Have you heard of Fill Your Kindle Day? No. No. Is that I an extension of? of uh, I, I never heard of it until uh, until over the the holidays, and literally it is twenty four hours where a whole hundreds, if not thousands, of books on the Kindle are offered for free. You download them, you filter, you can search them, and they're yours for free. Whoa. And now what's going on is they used to do it once per year. They're doing it once per quarter starting in 2024. So they kind of keep it close-lipped uh, as to when it's going to come. Like, it's not like, hey, it's tomorrow, but, you know, there, there's there's some warning. And then all you do is you go in on your Kindle, and that's even a better thing. So now you can use the Kindle. I don't know if it's a Kindle app or the uh, Amazon app. And you can actually use it on other devices. And same thing, but when it comes up, oh, it's it's March eighth, and you, I, I don't know if that's the actual date. Just as an example, you go in there, you filter through, and just download a bunch, fill your fill your entire Kindle, as it, as the title says, and you get those books forever. This is a big deal that happens every yes. four, four times four a year. Times a year. Yes, wow. now four times a year. So it's like, look out for those. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like I've been living follow. under a rock not knowing this. Like, know, this is a huge deal. And if you follow uh, um, Kindle and, and Amazon on their socials, they will make mention of it, but they don't bring it to highlight. It'll be like within four other things. And I started looking through and I'm like, oh, there it is. This is wicked. They, they, yeah. Right. So t take a look and it's all ebooks and they, they choose the titles and there's thousands that are just free filter through your search and just say i want all free titles and they'll go right to the top and then it's just click 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 you literally go down and fill your entire your entire kindle okay super noob question but like can you take these ebooks and listen using a synth audio uh, on kindle through i kindle? don't do the ebook thing too often uh so i i would be the wrong person but okay. i know i know you exactly can get your screen reader going and do I'll, it that I'll, way i know but... exactly who to reach out to and uh, they'll have an answer for me so i'll let okay. you know yeah keep us posted because then mm. you can really uh, get best of both worlds with this mm -hmm. exactly pretty yeah. awesome all right right thanks for this all right guys take good care have a good weekend Riveting conversation to get the chatty bookshelf going in 2024. Um, Ryan will be back. We do this every Friday on uh, all audiobook chat with him. <laughs> what? You, you like the debates? Oh, well, yeah, but I like that extra even further. I know, oh, I know. So <laughs> I was going between <laughs> this and audiobook you're review. You're <laughs> in Kindle land. You're still on ebooks. <laughs> and also, uh, let's, let's bring it oh. all in. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll give you some chance to. Take I'll a take break. a break. Thanks. Come up for air, and on Cut for Time, you can get back at it. We'll be stepping aside for a moment, folks. Uh, we will uh, revisit and uh, have some talk about conversations we've had over the past week here on the program. We call the segment Cut for Time. It's next. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. 
Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. I'm thinking, folks. A, a, a question come to my mind. Not one that I'm asking, not one that Ramya would ask. One we wonder if people ask about us. Okay, sorry, I'm being plural here. One that I wonder if people ask about us or say, hey, those okay. hosts are strange people. You ever wonder if people... That was it? Question? That was a question? That was it? Do, <laughs> do people wonder if or we're say strange? to themselves or turn to like, each other in the control like, room, let's say, and say... Like more than the average person strange? These are strangest or hosts. Or too strange to be on air. There's a lot these of context are, No, no, here. not to be on air. Just these are strange hosts. Yeah, probably. Hmm. Think so? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I wonder if anyone will ever tell you. I mean, the, my f- the strangest. You guys should be in the Guinness Book of Records. That's why we have a director, right? <laughs> she should tell us. <laughs> Notice now she's probably taking a bite of something. My mouth is full. Forget I can't. I was taught <laughs> not to be Very busy. Rude. Yeah. My family tells me. <laughs> oh, ex- well, your family's family because they're stuck with you. <laughs> family will say also, what are you going to do? I yeah. disown you Yeah, people. we just zone them out. Just kidding. Uh, I listen is to my family. Your, is that your phone? I don't know. I think because, so. Uh, I was gonna say it sort focus. of sounds like there's a black sounds like there's a blackberry hanging on. <laughs> Isn't that the noise blackberries no. make? The, That's oh, a normal tone, noise, wasn't it? I don't know. For, for the iPhone, mine doesn't do that. Thanks I just checked, but my my uh, notification is on silent. So. Okay. Well, let's do some reflecting. Yeah. Let's... Give you enough time to hold your breath, folks. We call this cut for time. We welcome in Beth Deer back to the program, who will join us and have her perspective if we. Stop talking and allow enough time to get to it. So I'm going to give it over to Rum right off the bat. Uh, You go ahead, Rum, with our first topic. Okay, so on Tuesday, nutritionist Julia Karanch has joined us to chat about raw food versus cooked food, why we would, you know, cook some of our vegetables versus others. Here are some of the pros and cons you mentioned. That's a good question because I feel like there's so many things to be finicky about when you're eating. And we have talked before on this segment, we've actually done a whole segment on the benefits of eating raw food and Mm -hmm. you know, how we lose nutrients when we're cooking during the cooking process, during even the cutting process. Um, And so we know that there's a lot of benefit to eating food raw, specifically fruits and vegetables, but not everybody likes to eat things that are raw. So I thought today we will talk about the benefits that some foods have when they're eaten cooked because, yeah. you know, there's there's always going to be benefits. So for, you know, like if a vegetable's cooked too long, we know that it loses its vitamin C. If it's cooked at, you know, even too high a temperature, the vitamin C degrades as well as some of the B vitamins because both of those are water soluble. But then there's other compounds in these foods that actually become more absorbable to us when the vegetable is cooked. And that's what we're going to highlight today. So, uh, Julia, first of all, let's shout out that she always brings topics that are so interesting and get us really going, asking a lot of follow-up questions, um, exploring new sides of food, et cetera, et cetera. But it was really interesting because over the holidays, I had a conversation with my brother about food science in general. And I mentioned this during our chat with Julia that, you know, a lot of us seem to be more cognizant of what we're doing with our food, not only what food we're taking in and, you know, talking about healthy foods, healthier options, et cetera, et cetera, but I'm talking more like 
you know, this is how my mom's cooked it. This is how my grandmother's cooked it. This is how her mother cooked it and her mother and her mother and her And that was just the way you pass down recipes for so long and for so many people. You know, th there were no questions asked or no variations of things because if you wanted it the way you wanted it, you know, grandma's recipe, then you were going to do it this exact way. Whereas now, I think we're kind of more um, interested to zoom out a little bit and talk about what we're doing with our food. So for example, my mom, uh, you know, fries shrimp, right? And she fries it forever, okay? This is mm. not, this is not a, a, a dig on my mom. I'm just saying I love her fried shrimp, but it's like <laughs> there's, it's seasoned, like you take the raw shrimp, sure, you season not. it, you toss it into like a deep frying situation and she cooks it forever. There's no... Uh, like, you know how you hear about how long you should be cooking shrimp and you're just supposed to wait till it's this color and then you don't do this and you don't do that to the shrimp because that just ruins it. But that's none of, like, none of these questions uh, or answers will suit my mother. She will do it the that's way she's done That's because it's deep fried. You can't forever. see it anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. And it's so see heavily seasoned that you have no idea what is color there the shrimp, shrimp is left supposed in it? to be. Is right, exactly. shrimp left in it? And that's what my brother asks, right? Like, my brother contradicts these these things, and he's like, guys, you know, this is how long you're supposed to cook shrimp. And also, can we not directly throw the shrimp into the boiling oil? You're supposed to coat it with this stuff so that the oil doesn't hit the shrimp and it protects it. There's a layer of protection, which is the cornstarch or flour or whatever agent you use. And so we got into this, you know, argument slash deep discussion about food science and how we're supposed to pay more attention. And we are, but technically pay more attention to how we're cooking our food because of the absorption of nutrients when it hits our bodies, but also not to just do something because it's been done forever a, a certain way, that there are easier and better ways to cook the shrimp and still have that same kind of satisfaction of my mom's shrimp. So anyways, it was really interesting to me because we then went right into this convo with Julia Caranches about uh, cooking certain vegetables or how to cook them versus eating them raw and what that's doing to our bodies. Yeah, I, I personally agent. actually found this so interesting because it's also like not it's not just like what are we putting into our bodies, but like what are we cooking with that is then going into our bodies? Like mm. certain oils. Like I remember the one time I was like shopping with my husband's auntie and I'm like, oh, like Pam's on sale. She's like, I don't use Pam. <laughs> That's too many chemicals. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's like I use avocado oil. And then we got back to her house and um, I was talking about like this new like nonstick pan that I'd got, and she was like, "I don't use nonstick pans because of all of like the Teflon and whatever else yes. goes into our bodies." And there is just like Rom said, like if you zoom out, like there is just so much like new information out there, like that just didn't even used to be a topic of conversation, and now it's everywhere. Mm. I like Ramya's use of the word agent, even though it made me think of pesticide. What agent Ew, are you using? Uh, like it just no. brought Agent Orange right back to me from years ago, before your time, Ram. It didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I love that she brought the topic up because I often don't know, and I think I'm like the tomato thing really got me annoyed because I thought, oh, I'm doing good. I'm eating these raw potato tomatoes and everything like that. I struggle enough as everybody else say, well, you're not the biggest vegetable. 
vegetable person are you? Well, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I like different vegetables and stuff like that. But I've been really trying over the past couple of years to eat a lot of tomatoes through the week because it's one thing I, and I hear, oh, it's better if you'd cook them. What? I'm eating them. That's enough. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, man. It was like someone came in. Oh, darn. There's a balloon. Op. And I, I kind of deflated, but I know what Julia was saying. And there was so much from that conversation. Check it out via the podcast, folks. Also, folks, sticking with Tuesday, we spoke with motocross uh, stunt bike rider. He says about his career and participation in the motorcycle super show in Toronto. Now, here he's talking about where he rode his bike through a billboard for through a, for a Hollywood film, folks. At first, I was like, what do you mean jump through a billboard? And do I got to land on a landing? Like, And they're like, no, you have to, you know, you have to crash. So on the other side of the billboard, the billboard was built out of balsa wood. So, and it was scored. So, you know, it's not like I was going right through plywood. No. Right. Right. And then I had to land in cardboard boxes, which, I mean, I, I have experience of foam pits and things like that over the years, but never cardboard boxes. But I work, you know, with, uh, with this stunt company and they're, I mean, they're as professional as they come, and I, I trust them. And, you know, we we knocked it out of the park on our first try. They had they had Quite two literally. extra billboards sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty cool because, I mean, I looked at the billboard, and I said, all right, I'm going right through the O, and watch right here. I go right through the O. <laughs> and then on the backside on the cardboard boxes, got everybody had, like, uh, you know, Sharpies, and they were putting their name down and making bets where I was going to land in the cardboard boxes. <laughs> wow. Uh, Fedora's off to Keith and our gang in the control room because of his business of describing going right through the O. It was just perfect, guys, and, and as a blind person, just nice to have them just pick up the ball and do that. I love when anyone shares, as we've said so many times, the behind the scenes. We talk about it. We did it the other day on the show with what happened at our primetime special, and when you hear anyone explain things and especially give credit to that crew, not just those shooting the film, who you bring in to execute. We hear enough about unfortunate things that have happened, the shooting um, uh, on set with Alec Baldwin. Uh, you, you hear about these terrible things that, that happen where somebody gets injured or loses their life. And yet we're talking stunts like this that I'm not saying, hey, man, this is one of the most dangerous stunts out there. No, I, I've known people who have run stunt shows before and some of the stuff they do and, and could do years ago, even more dangerous than some of the stuff now. Now we, we replace a lot of it with the graphics. But when you have somebody doing something like this, as these folks at the Motor Show, Super, Super Motor Show will do, it's really, really wonderful to have them explain it. And then... I mean, going through the billboard to me seems simple compared to some of the other things, but I, I, that, that he will do live at the show in front of people. Um, but ladies, it goes to what things we like to do, the things that, that make us happy. Brock a while ago was talking about the women asking for a little contact in their sport. Mm. Um, to make the hockey not only exciting a little bit more, but for them to make it more the hockey they want to play. And you try to find that in between. These guys are making what they do as safe as possible, but there's always going to be the element, no matter what you're doing, 
We talked about the glasses, putting them on on your forehead earlier with John. And would you trust walking around with those on and it giving you the, the, the haptic feedback to help you learn your way around? And mm. would you say it could replace a guide dog or go? would you go run me without your cane? Well, no one's going to force you to. Probably you shouldn't. And I would never suggest it would replace the use of a guide dog. But made me so curious, Rum. Um, but I really loved what he brought to us in this discussion this week in that behind the scenes and enthusiasm. It's honestly awesome because I can so relate to just the physical thrill. Obviously not on this scale. I'm not at all ever going to do whatever this is, uh, motocross slash, you know, stunt. But No, but you do soccer. Soccer, and also I've done, you know, very, like, thrill-seeking things like skydiving and bungee jumping and all these things, right? right? Because I love it, and there's something to be said about especially coming from me from the disability perspective and growing up with low vision where people had fun in very like physical ways you know you're you're doing silly things you're kind of breaking rules here and there you're um you're being delinquent by you know running around and doing things you're not supposed to and especially with physical activity as a kid and my brother was so like that just very adventurous and i i wanted it and i didn't want the limitations of my vision being a problem um because i felt very strongly that like this is just part of my personality now you're going to tell me that i can't and i'm supposed to you know not do anything because uh, of my visual restrictions i don't think so so i broke the rules along with him and did a lot of silly crazy things and you know rode bikes when i wasn't supposed to and all kinds of unsafe situations but we're not gonna get into the details i'm just saying the physical thrill aspect i can totally uh, relate to beth yeah uh, honestly me too uh it's funny like you saying about you being a kid I have the exact same feelings towards that. Like I remember I uh, used to be patched. I don't know if either of you guys were patched as kids, but it was the worst. Like when this big, ugly sticker on your eye. Um, but I would still ride my bike. I would still do all the things that, you know, people were like, oh, should she really be doing that? And yeah, there is a definite like kind of adrenaline, if you will, that goes along with that. And I loved Keith's segment. Like, I thought he was mm, fantastic. And honestly, Kelly, if you hadn't picked his segment, I was going to. Um, yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. But now we're jumping to Thursday's roundtable. Kelly, Ramia, and Mark um, spoke about a new net, safety net that has been put in on the Golden Gate Bridge. And it led to a very interesting discussion. Here is the CP clip now. Nearly 2,000 people have plunged to their deaths since the bridge opened in 1937. Ironworker Ed Reyes says the nets are on both sides of the bridge. It's stainless steel, and it's, it has some give in it, uh, and it's designed to catch people as they fall into the net. Dana Whitmer's son committed suicide at the Golden Gate Bridge in 2007. Suicides by so many methods have decreased, and Golden Gate Bridge is the only one that's increased. Whitmer doesn't think her son would have jumped if the nets were there. They're going to go, well, I can't do this. Um, let me go find another method. Critics say it's a lot of money to spend to deter people who are determined to end their lives and who will just find another way to do it. I'm Ed Donahue. Um, I've just realized this is a pretty uh, gloomy note to, to leave Friday on, so I apologize to everyone for that. But what I will say is that I thought this was such a fantastic idea. I know that you guys kind of spoke, obviously, at length about the fact that, you know, there are people that 
um, when they make that decision, you know, that that's the choice they're making and that's the outcome that they want. They don't want to be here anymore. Um, but I think it was Mark that said that he had watched a documentary of people that had survived um, suicide attempts of, you know, jumping. And a lot of them did say that actually they were really glad that they got that second chance. And I just really thought that this was amazing, really. Can you imagine, like, being given that new lease of life, if you will? Like, thinking that, like, your life is going to be over and, like, this net saves you. Like, if, if you are a person that wasn't ready for that, like, I just think... I think we should be putting more nets up on bridges is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I often just wonder how many people would in future or in other circumstances, like Mark also mentioned, the Bluer Viaduct in Toronto, look down and, oh, can't do this here. And in that time of turning, walking away and maybe mm -hmm. getting to the end of the bridge or wherever, something else has made them just change their mind where they stop and say, gosh, I almost did that. Rum, anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've said a lot on this when we talked about it at the roundtable. I just think that any intervention is some intervention, and we just don't know the difference it can make until it actually makes a difference. And the only way to find that out is through the stories, through the stats, through following this, um, you know, the trends of ups or downs in in uh, suicide rates and everything else related to that mental health in general. We just need to pay more attention and be more conscious. You bet. Beth, thanks for bringing this to us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Can't Beth. Beth, dear producer, with our program uh, as we round off Cut for Time. Excellent edition of it today, guys. Coming up next on the other side of the break, we'll wrap up the Friday edition of our shows as we get that gateway to the weekend swung open for you. And we'll give you an idea of some of the things coming up on AMI-audio and TV over the weekend in our closing moment after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. You can find our podcast by subscribing to your on your favorite podcast platform to Kelly and Ramya. Just use your favorite one, whatever you're most comfortable with. We're there. You can find us. You can listen to the show in its complete form or to the segments. We also toss on an audio vanity card. Irene Solomon, our director, today contributing that vanity card for us. Absolutely tremendous one. Thank you, Irene. And take a listen to it, folks, if you want to run through the full show podcast. Subscribe now. And while you're in there, if you don't mind, Give us a rating and review. That's Kelly and Ramya podcast. Okay, Ram, we got a couple of things to go over here. Let's start with what's coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, new hosts, same great content. Tune in to Podcast Roundup Saturday on AMI-audio. Join host Amy Amanti as she spotlights new AMI original podcasts and introduces you to disability podcasts from around the world. That's Podcast Roundup, Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. Also, we're talking AMI-TV content to hang out with over the weekend. You can get the latest news and accessible technology on Access Tech Live. That's Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV. This week, Stephen Scott and Marco Flalo are giving the staff a, a break <laughs> That's nice. And walking us through the three of their favorite conversations from 2023 with Apple's senior director, um, Global Policy and Initiatives, Sarah Herling Herlinger. 
I think I got her awesome. name right. Yeah. That's amazing. Good. That's really great conversation with those guys. Uh, folks, I'm going to talk a little bit about candy. What else would make Thanks. a better closing moment, right? Here we go. <laughs> Freeze-dried candy is one of the hottest candy trends. But, but what the heck is it? Well, the light and puffy candy started during the pandemic, but has steadily gained steam over the last few years, thanks to your pals out there on TikTok, Rum. Now, this freeze-drying technology is not new. It dates back to the early 1900s. It's fun, it's quirky, and has, believe this or not, uh, a kind of quirky texture. Essentially, the food is frozen first, then the air is vacuumed out, and then the food is quickly heated so the moisture can be removed in a vapor form. Now, this special technique of uh, dehydration can also extend the shelf life of the food and makes transportation and storage a lot easier. The food's lighter, but bigger. Um, mm. Freeze-dried candy is smaller and lighter than similar food that has moisture uh, removed. While the taste and texture rum and vary widely depending on the original treat. In general, it has a light and airy consistency. Uh, so I don't know. Have you tried any of this stuff no. or anything? I no. have Would no you? idea. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what's wrong yeah, with any, anything candy? I'm down. But yeah, Beth talked about it on our pre-show meeting, how, uh, you know, her friend got her a bunch of this kind of stuff and how it's a big trend. I just, I, I know you described it, but I still don't get it. You know what I mean? See, I, like freeze dried meat. I try to meat, liken it to other it. things. Like I think a dried, you know, fruit, right? And I think okay, it's a, it's obviously a different process. They talked about tossing a skittles in, and when it came out right. of the machine, it was puffier and the texture <laughs> like would be different. It sounds so cool. I, yeah, especially if it made it bigger. But there, it didn't sound like with some especially of them. Especially with the stuff you already know to be a certain way, like skittles. It's a hard candy, right? Well, you then, also notice when you have dried fruit. It also is the Ugh, fruit don't taste, ruin this. But, but sweeter. Yeah, that's true. Right? There's a lot of times. So hopefully, I'm not going to say you need this to be sweeter. consistency makes it different. Yeah. Difference. Yeah, and texture sounds fun as opposed to, you know, how we all get kind of skittish about texture. Ooh, what's that? Yeah. Anyway, something to check out, folks. Love to know what you think about it. If you do, let us know, too. On Monday's program, when we return to the air at 2 p.m. Eastern, a ski resort in Vancouver is hosting three special adaptive ski sessions for people with disability, um, disabilities, primarily those with vision loss. Carol Yapo. Our community reporter will have the details on that. I'm so curious about this. What is a non-disclosure agreement and how does it work? Danielle McLaughlin is showing us about this or chatting with us about this with Alexi Wood, lawyer. Enjoy your weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Settle back. It's January. The gateway is wide open. Now get out of here, will you? Hosts Kelly McDonald and Ramia Amadin. Reporter Grant Hardy. Senior show producer Jeff Ryman. Visual producer, Megan McGrath. Producer, Marianne Dion jones Graphics, Andrew Antonello. Production assistant, Kingsley Juco. Control room operators, Daniel Penamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Oxtoby. Director, Irene Solomon. Manager of live production, Paula Deneen. Manager of operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of AMI-audio, Andy Frank. Director of TV production, Kara Nye. Vice President, Content Development and Production, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback, 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2023, Accessible Media, Inc. Happy New Year, everyone. It's Irene, director of The Kelly and Ramya Show. It was a very different Christmas for me this year. 
Normally, I would celebrate Boxing Day with my immediate and extended family. Often, I would even work on the 25th to give people with kids the opportunity to have the day off. That was back in my freelance days. Then I would get ready for Ukrainian Christmas on January 7th. On January 6th, the eve of Ukrainian Christmas, my family and I would gather and partake in the 12 traditional meatless dishes. This year, the government of Ukraine officially switched to the Gregorian calendar. That means, for the first time, I celebrated both December 24th and December 25th. Ukraine is fighting against the Russian army, struggling to keep its lands and maintain its independence. The change in date was a way to distance Ukraine from the Russian Orthodox Church and to align itself with the rest of Europe. Everything was rushed this year. Preparing for the 12-dish Christmas Eve dinner was challenging, to say the least. I forgot how much more time I normally have. But despite the stress, Christmas, although very busy, was a wonderful celebration of family and friendship. Say a prayer or send positive energy to Ukraine and its brave people. Wish for an end to conflict wherever it might be. Most of all, be kind. It costs nothing and yields abundant rewards. Here's to a positive 2024. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.